0: Welcome to the Open House podcast site. Available at openhousecommunity.com.au Now to some great news for Christian music worldwide. They are probably the world's most influential Christian band with some huge news in just this past week and I think it's good to reflect on the significance of it. Hillsong United has just released their 17th album. It's called Zion and it's topped the iTunes album charts, hit number one on the ARIA charts, And is, at the moment, five on the US Billboard charts. That's the biggest chart around. And these are not just Christian music charts. I'm talking mainstream. They've topped artists like Pink, Justin Timberlake, Ed Sheeran and the Lumineers. United has had some great success in the past, but this latest album has critics and the media in quite a spin. Some very good news. Joel Houston is the son of Hillsong Senior Pastors Brian and Bobby Houston, who will be on Open House later this year. He was foundational in establishing the United Band and is still one of its core members today. Joel also co-pastors Hillsong New York and is currently in Australia, and I'm so glad to say he's joining us now on Open House. Joel, welcome.
1: Uh, Thanks, mate. Good to be here.
0: Great stuff. Joel, how would you rate the significance of this, not even a month after Zion's release?
1: Look, honestly everything has just been um, a crazy blur and it feels like you're in a, in a bit of a vortex of just kind of <laughs> running with you know the moment everything's a surprise and it's just been awesome so we're just you know kind of enjoying it and uh, and trying to make the most of it
0: great stuff congratulations joel the name zion a familiar title in the biblical storyline what's it say in your music
1: this theme just kind of started to come out in, in the songs there was a lot of uh, within the songs, there's a real sense of purpose within, within the plan of maybe what, you know, what God is, is calling us to do here and now in this time in history, as far as being a part of the church to just being the people of God. At the same time, in my own just kind of study and so forth, just started looking at Zion and, and what God's intention for that was. And I guess it's a, it's a word that has been taken and manipulated and, uh, misused and misrepresented. Yet it's something that I, I feel is very precious to, the heart of God and what He's called us to as the people of God, and, and I think it speaks volumes about this idea that, you know, we're not here just to kind of, you know, wait out our time on earth till one day, someday, you know, maybe we get whipped up to a party in heaven, but rather... You know, this idea that God is is wanting to birth his kingdom in and through us here now. And I think that that gives us a real sense of urgency and something that kind of fuels our hopefully our passion towards living lives that are representative of that.
0: So as you've looked at that theme, what are some of the other things that it shows you about the way God works and what he desires here on earth?
1: It comes back to you know, just the very simple reality that, that God loves us and that he he was relentless in his pursuit of us. Understanding as individuals our places in that. I think sometimes people, it's really hard for people to accept the simple, powerful truths of the gospel that that God loves us and that His grace is sufficient for us. Mm. Um, and so I think I think the album, the songs speak simply, but I think with a great sense of revelation just about the, those simple realities. And and you can get consumed with all the the mystery of God and the, you know His His plan and His purpose and why He does things the way He does, but. So much of the answer is found in just the simple truths of, okay, He doesn't just love us, He wants us. He he is consumed with us wanting Him and desiring Him, and uh, He went to extraordinary lengths to reveal that to us and to give us this grace that is scandalous, this grace that doesn't make sense, this grace that is a complete paradox. You know, when it comes to our culture and the way we think about things, and yet that speaks volumes of who God is and, and what He's called us to do.
0: Yes, it does. Can you tell us about the process of compiling an album like this? Where do you start? How does it all come together? How long does it take, for instance?
1: I guess the whole process probably took you a solid 12 months. You know, it usually starts with conversations about, you know, what what we're doing and why we're doing it. And obviously, writing songs and thinking about, you know, what do we, what do we need to be writing about? I think the danger is to kind of fall into like a cookie-cutter kind of mentality when it comes to what we do, and we've really tried to make sure that we we rage against that uh, first and foremost for ourselves, and really making sure that we're, you know, writing from a place of revelation, and, and a place where, you know, each song is a story that, something that we're going through, and I think with this project, that really began around, you know, cups of coffee, and conversations with friends, and just talking about the things of God, and what we feel like God's doing, and and then, you know, it becomes a, a, a you you know, end of the recording process. And this had its own challenges because uh, we recorded it between New York and Sydney because the guys were kind of split, which is not a short distance. No. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> uh, that brought challenges. But also the challenges, I, ke- I think, actually what gives the project character and substance. And so we spent a long time in this process, six months recording it and uh, reworking the songs. And I know personally, you know, I spent a lot more time and effort and thought in the lyric. Every aspect of it was costly, um, and I think that was really important, just on a personal level, was making sure that we were really giving all of our energy and the best of what we had out of this project. At the end of the day, I'm really proud about of it, not for its success, you know, even though you want the album and the songs to connect with as many people as possible, but just from a sense of, okay, I don't feel like we took the easy option in any part of this project. We really made the most of it personally, and I could say that for all the guys and girls who are involved.
0: And already it's reaped such a reward. The lyric is critical, but so is the music as well, isn't
1: it? Absolutely. I mean, that's the great art form there, is just combining music and and melody and great lyric and thought and trying to make sure it feels... You know, you can try and say a certain thing and you can try and communicate a certain sound, but really I feel like what connects with you know the soul is just that collision between the two in a way that actually is saying the same thing. The music and the lyric are saying the same thing. It harbors the emotion you would want someone to connect with. And, and I feel like, you know, Michael Gachislett, who's a guy I grew up playing music with in our church, and he produced the album. And we just, the whole story behind it just kind of came together to really, I feel like everything was kind of working. There was a great synergy to it all. When
0: you go back in those early days, where did your personal passion for music start, Joel?
1: My parents made me play piano when I was a kid, and I absolutely hated it. I just, you know, it was.
0: (laughs) And you didn't practice, did you?
1: Absolutely not. You know, my parents made me sit at the piano for 30 minutes (laughs) a day, and and it was the worst 30 minutes of my day. I wanted to be outside skateboarding.
0: You're not alone. But
1: it's so funny because, you know, I didn't like reciting music, but uh, my piano teacher worked that out early on, and he he basically said, well, why don't you just make things up? And instantly that changed everything. I was like, you mean I can make things up on a piano? And so at that point, I started to love it. And then uh, my dad had an old uh, acoustic guitar that had been sitting in a a cupboard for 15 years or something. Hmm. I pulled it out and asked for a new set of strings for my birthday. and, And that kind of changed everything. So once I started playing the guitar, I was like, wow, hang on, this is amazing. This is actually a lot of fun. and. I think sometime at high school I realized that the girls like guys who played <laughs> guitar, and you know, as a 15 year old kid, that's what, that was what mattered because I was skinny and scrawny and not real good on the rugby field. So, <laughs> but stuff. then you know, actually, it's just amazing because I was always afraid of ministry. I always felt like God had a call for my life. I just didn't know what it looked like. And I think when you're a pastor's kid, you can wrestle against the expectation that comes with that. And yes, for me, I was like, hang on, I love music and. You're telling me I can use music to serve God and it was just I was like wow this is incredible and it's been an amazing journey.
0: Glorious. If I'd have yeah. said to you in those days that you'd be here where you are today what would you have thought?
1: I'd never imagine myself doing any of the things I'm doing right now and you know, my whole journey has been, I feel like, a process of God finding some creative, incredible way for me to fall into doing the things that I swore I'd never do. Mm. <laughs> I think that speaks volumes about God, and yet I love it. I'm more passionate about it than ever. And, you know, there's a scripture that has been a real-life verse for me. It's Proverbs 16, verse 9. It says, In a man's heart, he plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. And I feel like, you know, there's something about just doing whatever's in front of me. I You know, I couldn't have ever mapped it out or, or imagined it just speaks volumes of of the fact that I think God really does have a plan for us and it's much bigger than we could ever think. You know, I feel like we're just getting started and, and there's so much more to be done. And, you know, I feel like if we can keep our head in the right place and our heart in the right place, then, you know, there's no limit to what God can do for anyone. You know, we'll see.
0: Can you tell us when the Hillsong United idea began? How
1: did that begin? I think, you know, we were just enjoying playing music in our youth ministry. You know, I, I wanted to make music, and, and I wanted to, to do things to serve God. I just didn't see how that could work together the way it has. And, you know, I used pastors, and, you know, my parents, I guess they gave us opportunity. They believed in us more than we certainly did. And we started writing these songs, and the next thing it was like, oh, hang on, we have the opportunity to record the songs. And so we did, and then it was like, well, hang on, people are actually enjoying the songs and singing them in their churches. And that's the kind of way it came about. And, you know, all these years later, it really is the same heart to it and i've said before and people are like surely you had a plan I'm like well no we've never really had a plan other than whatever's in our hand let's do it to the best of our abilities and let's you know if we're going to do something let's do it right and uh, and we've done that year after year after year and god's continued to open up the doors and shown it you know given us i guess a pathway to step through and and here we are
0: so the big idea is that it's not necessarily driven by you ultimately god but also generated by the response of others
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, what made a lot of sense out of, you know, church for me, because, you know, I grew up going to church, was actually the idea that, you know, I don't go to church for myself. We go to serve others and to, to honor God. And that to me, that took the pressure off because, you know, to be honest, sometimes when I went to church, I didn't enjoy it. It was a bit of a drag. But when you, there's a purpose attached to it, all of a sudden, like, well, hang on, I want to make this great for my friends. So when we started doing the music in our youth ministry as, you know, teenagers, it was like, let's write songs and music that connect, that our friends who wouldn't come to church might come along and go, I can enjoy this, you know, I can relate to this. And that's where it started. And so I guess the purpose all these years later is still the same. You know, we want to use our gifts to try and, you know, help other people connect to God. I think that should always be the motive, and that should always be the reason behind what we do. And uh, if that motive remains pure you know, then then God can just kind of breathe on it and, and do what only he can do. And, you know, the danger is then to start wanting to try and please people. And, you know, I think you're going to run into all kinds of little stumbling blocks along that road. But for us, it's, it's not so much about trying to please everyone as much as it's about trying to help
0: People. There's also the comparison of Hillsong United to rock stars. You tour the world, you perform in front of many thousands of people, YouTube videos of your tour bus being mobbed by fans. How do you feel about the rock star reaction? How do you handle that?
1: I guess it's a deeply kind of personal decision to kind of got, not get consumed by it or to not make that. We've had this saying forever is that we ain't no golden calves. <laughs> and, yes. you know, the, the worst thing that could ever happen is that, you know, we become. Uh, idols, less in their own way. Even guys, you can stand behind layers of humility, and yet you know be consumed with trying to build your own castle. And yes. and so you know, for us, it's, it's very pure. And, and I think the cool thing is that you get the opportunity to travel, and, and people, I guess, are inspired by what you do. And people want photos, and they want to meet you and talk to you. And you know all the rest of it, and I think you know it's okay to give people role models. It's the problem is if we start trying to promote ourselves more than the purpose behind what we do, then I think you're going to run into trouble. And you know we're very involved in the grassroots level of of our church, and just the unseen stuff remains the backbone to what we do. And I love that about our guys. You know, so someone could look at people like JD or Jad, or people like Brooke Fraser, and others who've been a part of what we've done for years. And I think we have a confidence because we know each other. We know. I see those guys and I see who they are on stage, but I see the stuff that they do when nobody's looking, you know, when the cameras are off and they're busy putting together rosters or counselling or pastoring, you know, uh, young people in our team or, you know, mentoring others and just doing the unseen stuff. And I think that's really the power behind what we do Um, and and also understanding that we represent a whole lot of other people who aren't on stage but who's as much a part of what we do as we are. It's awesome.
0: And that you pursue excellence. It's one of the things that's always struck me, that it's okay for Christian music not to be necessarily daggy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I grew up, um, we refer to it as, I guess, a righteous dissatisfaction. And so, you know, I grew up uh, and I've seen the best and I've seen the worst of of church. And <laughs> and we, we serve a very creative God who breathes creativity into us. And I think God breathes creativity on all of humanity, whether it's used for his purposes or not. You know, I can listen to any band, whether they're what we call quote-unquote redeemed or not, and I, and I see God breathing the creativity into all people. So I think you know, it would make sense for me that we should be doing the best. And to be honest, I don't think it's often that our creativity is, is bad. It's just that we can be lazy as Christians and we can give God our second best rather than our best. It's always been a, a huge passion of mine to make sure that we, if we're going to do something, especially in, for the kingdom, that it ought to be the best that we can offer. And I see people working, you know, I have friends who work in creative jobs who work way harder than some of I've seen people working for the church and i think it's not good enough you know (laughs) you know i'm not saying what we do is by all means the best but i feel like if we just give our best that's all god's looking for and then he can breathe his spirit onto it and that's the x factor you know he takes our ordinary and he makes it extraordinary because he's god and so you know i want to make sure that if we do something whether it be a church program or an album or an event or be it serving the community when it comes to helping the poor or whatever that we do it with a sense of pride and excellence in, in who we represent and just the beauty of what we get to do
0: well done your music joel has had a huge influence not just on christian people but those who are spectators to the christian faith can i ask you this personally how's it impacted on your own christian life How would you say that's grown through your music, through all these experiences?
1: For me, there's been a constant revelation just of God's grace and how good he is and faithful he is in spite of us. To me, it just leaves me with no option but to kind of continue to serve and to want it to give him my best and i think this album in particular every song i could speak to you for in depth where it came from and what it's about and you know specific revelation um, that is true and i think for me that's become the most important thing because i just don't want to be wasting my time on anything less than something that is it feels really important because God is in it, and I want to make sure that God is in what we do, whatever it is that we're doing, and, and more than that, understand that what we're doing is completely involved with a greater story that is what God is doing. so Thanks. every revelation, every song, every lyric it has to come from that place and and because it's coming from that place, it means that I'm digging deeper, even the, you know the the whole Zion you know revelation I've, I've read through Isaiah and the psalms for, for years and never really just seen the depth. Uh, and the passion that God has for his people, and understanding that you know that we are His people now, and it, it's awesome. It just gets better and better and better. And the more I feel like I understand about God, the more I really understand about God, and that's okay. That makes it that gets me more excited for the future and wanting to know Him more. It's, it's just all these paradoxes. I think are just the best thing ever, and and I think that's what you know is coming across in the record.
0: Yes. Can I also ask you personally? You've been co-pastoring at Hillsong New York. What's that whole experience been like, the big move?
1: It's been full of challenges, and at the same time, it's just been an incredible adventure. And the greatest part of that is you're at the grassroots level, and it, it's nitty-gritty. And I think it's sometimes it'd be easy, given the journey that we've been on, to get kind of caught up in uh, take the easy road. And yet, you know, starting a church in New York City certainly has been anything but that. And just getting down to the real issues that everyday people are facing in that city and their need for Jesus and you know, what it takes to build a team and it's full of challenges, but it's just been amazing. So, yeah. you know, I think, I think that also has really helped this project and, and certainly helped me grow as a, as a person for sure.
0: And you're about to become a dad for the first time.
1: <laughs> yeah, it just gets better and better. <laughs> oh, <Wow>. Great stuff. <laughs>
0: When's that happy day?
1: Sometime in August.
0: Well, congratulations. And congratulations on the album already. If you were going to take us out with one track from the album, what would it be, Joel?
1: I think Scandal of Grace has is, is kind of been a, a song. It's a nice, simple song, and it just encapsulates, I think, a lot of what this record is about. and It kind of comes out of a scripture in Romans 9 Just says, you know, I'll lay in Zion a stumbling block, a rock of offense, but whoever places their trust in him shall never perish. And obviously that stumbling block is the cornerstone of our faith, Jesus. And, you know, it's no surprise the hardest thing people get their head around when it comes to the gospel is also the most powerful gift, and that is the grace that comes through Jesus. And I think this song is an interesting way of kind of encapsulating that. You know, the message of Jesus from day one was scandalous to the point where they nailed him to a cross, and to this day, you know, the message of grace is scandalous because it rages against, I guess, conventional wisdom and the way our culture thinks about things, but it's the power of the gospel, and it's uh, the power for our lives to be able to be a part of what God's calling us to do, and that is build his kingdom here on earth. So it's a good song.
0: There is nothing like it. So this is a Scandal of Grace from Hillsong United, Joel Houston. Thanks so much indeed for joining us on Open House.
1: Thanks so much.
2: to be